Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Welcome to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Jeff Kelm will join me in just a bit, and today we'll get a Wisconsin River fishing report from Phil Schweik of Hooksetter's Guide Service. We'll learn about a mentoring program to introduce adults to hunting and fishing, and we'll talk with my son John about kayaking on Lake Superior and choosing the right paddle for your style of kayaking. All that and more coming up right here on Outdoors Radio, so stay with us. Well, it's time now for the Madison Outdoors Report. You hear this feature every week on the Big 1070 WTSO Radio and on our podcast on Lake Link, iHeart Radio, or wherever you get your podcast. And joining us once again is one of our regular guests, McFarland Guide, Ron Bearfield. Ron, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Dan, for having me on. You bet. Now, how was opening weekend? That's uh, behind us now. Uh, it, it, well, the walleye bite was pretty good at night. Uh, it was a night bite. The water's pretty clear here on the Madison chain. Um, I do know some guys that were trolling on Mendota and did quite well there. Um, and it, there again, it was mostly a low-light bite because the water's so clear. I mean, you can see down in 15 feet of water real easy and see the bottom, see what's down there. Wow. So, so that's... Yeah, so yeah, they're so, a little bit uh, shy during the day. Yeah, so when they troll at night, what are they what are they dragging? Well, I, they're dragging rappels, I believe, and, and um, uh, they you know they they weren't real specific about oh. they were, what they were dragging, but uh, I think some of them were, were uh, deeper diving rappels. Okay, they're running them with boards. Oh, okay, okay, uh, yeah. So, so they weren't real specific uh, as far as. Of uh, what they were running, they were running actually a little bit deeper. You know, they were running anywhere from fifteen to twenty feet of water. So, yeah. um, and the, the, like I say, they were doing it mostly in the evening and at night. So, yeah. okay. Uh, the daytime bite with the clear water has been even the bass have been a little bit uh, spooky. You know, with this clear water. Sure. Right now. Sure. How about muskies? Muskies, I've seen several. Uh, not chasing my bait, so. Lake Manola and Wabisa, you'll be going cruising along, and all of a sudden, you know, with a trolling motor, and all of a sudden, there they are. Wow. Um, you know, the, the opening night of walleye, um, or opening night of the fishing season yeah. in general, yeah. fishing walleyes went out. Uh, as we went out, I just kind of shined the light, you know, the spotlight down the water a little bit, and I saw three like that just laying up shallow okay and they were nice fish they're all 45 inches or bigger I'll oh tell you. they're nice wow they're really nice ones yeah well what are water levels like on the chain now with that rain we've had uh they didn't come up much um it's uh pretty low pretty low still um they made a mistake and drew them down way too low for the winter yeah and uh you know and they shouldn't have uh they just they they should have kept them where they normally do and and uh, quit worrying about that hundred-year flood. You know, it's not. Uh, they do that every year. So yeah. anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. You just got to be very careful going out of the boat landing. Okay, so it's it's pretty much the way it was uh, when people were just going after panfish. Right. We exactly. We got about an inch and a half in McFarland, but uh, around the area, I would say maybe three quarters of an inch. You know, they got. Yeah. Um, in most places. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's not enough to really. They've got it drawn down so far that it's not enough to really uh, make much of a difference right now. Yeah. Okay. The docks all in at the landings. The docks are all in at the landings now. Yes, it's uh, the landings are in really good shape there again, except for the shallow water or the low water. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the piers are in good shape. They've actually put a lot of new piers in and new bumpers on them, and so they're they're really good, uh, easy on the boats. Yeah. Yeah, that's critical. I mean, you know, I get a I get the use of a new boat every year, but I'm supposed to take care of it, you know, and it's got de- <laughs> decals all over it. And you just look at those funny and they start peeling, you know, so. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you bump exactly. a dock and you're in trouble. So, well, uh, what about Lake Wisconsin and the Wisconsin River up where you usually fish? Uh, Lake Wisconsin and the river has been very good. It's uh, actually been... Uh, a better bite there than the Madison Chan itself. So 
Upper Lake Wisconsin, the fisher, the walleyes are in particular are starting, and a lot of sheephead. <laughs> yeah. But they're uh, starting to drop back out of the river, you know, and they're dropping in there around that Tipperary Point area, uh, where they do every spring, and that it's that very upper end of the lake there. Um, and they're catching fish both trolling and uh, on live bait, you know, just vertical jigging and, and, and dragging, drifting with the current and dragging a half a night crawler with a jig head or a minnow. Uh-huh. And doing doing pretty well. Okay. Doing pretty well up there. And saugers as well mixed in, I would imagine. Saugers, a few white bass, uh, quite a few sheephead, uh, which are always fun to catch. Uh, you know, uh, they aren't bad eating if you catch them out of this cold water, too. So, yeah. you know, you take that back strap out of them, and they are very good. You. If you fry them, and I know guys that I've had say, oh, no, 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 but they try them, and once they try them, they go, oh, well, I guess we will keep some of those. <laughs> yeah, and I've, so, I've, uh, I've actually been at uh, feeds where they're, uh, you know, they're, they're frying uh, walleye and crappie and, uh, and uh, sheepshead yep. side by side, and you can't tell the difference. You cannot, and, uh, I mean, guys will tell you they can, but I've, actually had shore lunches where i all i fixed were sheep pen. Uh, didn't even uh. didn't even didn't even didn't even flay their walleyes up you know up down the river and fried them up and they told me what a great fish fry it was yeah and they really liked those they really enjoyed those walleyes and i didn't say a word and then then they got to take them <laughs> home they got, done. they got to take them that's home right. Right. yeah yeah that's cool um so is there much of a white bass uh run on uh, that portion of the river or lake wisconsin yeah. There will be. It's uh, usually it's a little bit later than right now. They're starting to show up though. We're, we're catching a few here and there. Um, but usually, about towards the end of this month, probably another two weeks, I'd say you'll start seeing the schools coming up into the current and up into the river up there. Yeah. Uh, anywhere from that interstate bridge down to the lake there is uh, is good. With uh, you know, white twister tails work very good there. Uh, any kind of a little swim bait. Yep. Yep. They like something that looks like a minnow. I know that. Yeah. Yeah, sure do. Yeah. How about trout? Have you been trout fishing at all? I have. Uh, my grandson and I have been going quite a bit. Uh, we've been fishing uh, all different places. We've been fishing uh, the upper Sugar River uh, above Verona. We've been fishing uh, Mount Vernon Creek. And uh, the, actually, the trout bite has been very good. Uh-huh. Um, my grandson had a 20-inch fish the other day uh, on a spinner. Yeah. But... Um, we weren't fishing flies, but uh, we do we do fish flies. We just weren't that day. Um, and we had I had one about seventeen, and we had a, quite a few fish in that ten to twelve inch class. Yeah. So they're they're there. There's uh there's a quite a few trout in the streams right now. Excellent, excellent. Well, let's uh, change topics here. And I know you had a turkey permit uh, for the first season, so tell me a turkey story. Well, at uh, the first first day i didn't get out at daylight i didn't get out till about 10 o'clock i had some things i had to do that morning and um i had a bird come in and i just didn't have a good shot and uh, but he had five hens with him and um i had him come in and he was close enough he just it was just not a real good shot and i didn't take it i just i kind of let him walk away with the hens because he wanted me to come to him you know yep and uh he turned and went with those hens and i just let him go because i figured out hunting the next morning and the next morning, I put up my pretty boy, my old strutting Tom, and uh, two hens down into the a little set-aside patch that we've got, a little kind of a food plot down in the middle of the woods. And uh, there was, I had, uh, that morning, I, I got in early, of course, and I had five Toms on the hillside 100 yards from me going nuts. <laughs> and uh, they were they were just gobbling their heads off, too, that morning, and um, that would have been thursday morning uh-huh. and uh and uh they came down out of the trees of course they had hens with them and they all came down out of the trees too and i'm not sure what happened they went up over the hill and then one of them came back a big one came the one i really wanted came back and he but he wouldn't come out of the brush he was close enough but it was just not a good shot again and yeah and he turned and he lost interest didn't come out to the decoys and went right back up the valley well, it was, I thought, well, there goes my chance. And I mean, probably 10 minutes later, I hear a gobble on the hill again. So oh. I, I, I called to him and, uh, next thing I know, I got two toms gobbling up there and here they come right down the hill. They saw the tom that I had out with my two hen decoys. And I mean, they came running across the field because I think they were going to kick his rear. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> 
You know what I mean? They, you could just tell the way they were running to him, and they run right up to him, and one of them stuck his head up, and I shot him. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Wonderful. But the other one stood there. I could have shot him, too. He didn't know what was going on. Yeah, a lot of times they'll do that, or they'll beat the other one and, up, you know, the dead one. And oh. then the, the last day of that first season, my, my buddy that I hunt with a lot, Todd Hefty, he... Um, he had a permit too, but he couldn't hunt. But the last day, he only got one day to hunt, and we went up on his place where we deer hunt and stuff. And uh, I we set up at six thirty. I had uh, three toms goblin in a pocket. Uh, I had one of them come in by six o'clock, and he shot him. Ah. And uh, after after he shot that one, we were standing there talking and kind of laughing about how quick it was. And uh, we heard another gobble, so I I said, sit down. He'll you can film him with your phone. I sat down behind him, called him. I called both of them up to him, and they started strutting, and he's filming him with his phone. So oh, we man. had a pretty good season. Well, that's wonderful. Well, good. Well, I got to let you go. We're out of time, so we'll talk again in a couple of weeks. All right, Dan. Thank you. Thank you, Ron Bearfield with the Madison Outdoors Report. I'm Dan Small, more Outdoors Radio, right after this. And joining us once again from Wisconsin Rapids is Jeff Kelm. Well, Jeff, I know you were turkey hunting, was it last week or this week now? Uh, last week, yeah. yeah. And, uh, time flies already, though. Oh, I guess. So what uh, What can you tell us about your hunt? You know, really, for the most of the week, it was uneventful. And I think turkey hunting can be like that. You've got your, your uh, ebbs and flows and... Um, I had went out to the farm on the weekend of my uh, tag and um, got out there on a Friday evening and sat down um, on a on a hillside um, in an area where I know they like to roost. Yeah, and and I would, I just got in there, uh, you know, about an hour before you know uh, uh, sundown mm-hmm. and figured if I get in there. And I just, I'll make a couple of calls, but really I just wanted to sit in there and see if they were going to come in and roost. And maybe I could pick one off before it got to roost. Sure. And, um, so I sat down, I called maybe twice. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally just a a few, uh, a a few, you know, simple calls on the slate call. Didn't hear anything, but about Five to seven minutes later, I heard something walking the hillside below me, but I couldn't see it. It was coming over my left shoulder. Yeah. And um, it actually sounded more like a squirrel, but it kept getting closer and closer. And so I got the gun up, and uh, wouldn't you know it, it was a Tom. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and he was by himself. Um, he made no noise other than walking. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I saw his head, I could see... A little bit of coloration in his head. He wasn't displayed or anything, but I couldn't verify in that second that it was a hen yeah. or that it was a tom, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I had to let him keep walking a little bit. Well, he made probably five or six more steps, and then I could see it had a beard. Mm. But by the time he took those steps, he'd already silhouetted me oh. from where I was sitting yeah. and started turning away he made one little cluck just before i fired and i think it was just i was i couldn't believe that it was a tom there yeah he was so close your pattern is so small um and he started turning away which i wasn't really prepared for it was all it was all on me you know i mean yeah uh, but uh but yeah so i i fired and i missed him and he flew off and that was the last time I had a a bird really talk to me. Mm. I had one set of jakes the next morning come in on a string, and they stopped. I, I, I had to get myself tucked in. They were coming down a lane at me um, as I was just kind of walking and talking. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And um, they came popping out of nowhere, and they were, you know... You, you ever see uh, Beauty and the Beast in the scene where Belle is walking through the bar and the boys are just, like, tripping over themselves oh, to get yeah, to yeah. her? Yeah. That's what these guys were doing, <laughs> you know? They, and um, and so I got myself tucked up against a tree, and we have one of our, our deer blinds up on telephone poles. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, all three of those buggers stopped behind posts three no. separate posts i'm not kidding 15 yards away yeah stop behind the post i could see their tails yeah sitting there because they were looking for the hen they were guaranteed was going to be there yeah and they she wasn't there and so i and i could not get myself turned 
where I had a clear shot. So they, they ended up bouncing over the other side of the, the, uh, the fence line before I could even get a shot at them. Oh man. And, uh, I was like, really? One more step from any one of you? Yeah. And I would have had it. But, sure. Yeah. You know, that's just, that happens. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, I could tell you, uh, I have written about turkeys I've missed or turkeys I haven't had a shot at because of things to, just like that, really. Well, um, John came down, my son came down uh, this week for a few days, and uh, we, in fact, we'll be talking to him later. Uh, we butchered some sheep. We had the sheep sheared. We sold a couple live ones. It's been, you know, just a crazy busy uh, week since I talked to you. And we managed, he, he had a permit <clears throat> or has a permit for zone one for period C and wasn't sure he he would even be down here. But he came down midweek and he, or, or last weekend, really, and he could only stay till Wednesday. So Thursday night, he said, well, let's go turkey hunting tomorrow. So, you know, he hadn't brought any turkey gear, so I had to assemble everything and um, <clears throat> got the gun, and uh, that's the gun he's going to use in the cast and blast that he's going to uh, in two weeks. Anyway, we went out in the morning, uh, heard two gobbles, actually a total of uh, four gobbles from two birds, one gobbled three times, and he was way off, probably half, I don't know, at least a quarter mile away, never saw him. And the second one uh, was closer. This all happened before 7.30, and he was down over the hill to our right, but never came in, never responded to any of the calling. I was yelping. I was cackling. I was just giving them all, all I had. And so we went to breakfast, went into town to breakfast, then came back, and I said, be careful when you we sneak up on the decoys. We left them there. I said, count the heads. And he's, uh, you know, walking up, and, and he says, fourth bird. Well, the fourth bird turned out to be a hen, and she flew off. And we sat for a while, and then we uh, did my um, uh, trolling, you know, around the rim of this uh, beautiful woods I have access to, and uh, between the woods and the field, and you know, yelped and cackled and never, never had a bird response. So that was, um, that's pretty much the end of it for John for period C. And, uh, I hunt period, uh, ABCD next week. So I am <clears throat> going to be ready for that. But it was great to get out. It's the first time I've been out. And I was sitting there by, you know, on two separate trees. And I said, man, this feels good, you know. You know, you know what it's like when you haven't been out for a while. And, of course, Turkey Commander uh, Lauren Voss notched numbers 144 and 145 in Zone 3 this week. Um, the guy's a killing machine. Unreal. But, you know, he he got one of them uh, at 11 o'clock and uh, sat in the blind since, what, 5 in the morning or something? Uh, he, he's, he'll sit all day if he has to. <clears throat> and, you know, that you know me, that's not my style. Well... John Stelflew, coming up here, John Stelflew tells us about a new organization dedicated to introducing newcomers to hunting and fishing. And I mentioned my son John's going to uh, join us to uh, talk about some recent kayak outings on Lake Superior and uh, give some tips for choosing the right paddle for your style of kayaking. And we'll kick things off with Phil Schweik of Hooksetter's Guide Service. And he's going to report on some really good early season walleye action on the Wisconsin River in the Wausau area. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Blackfish Gear has the apparel you need for all of your outdoor adventures. From rain gear with industry-leading fabric technology to ensure you stay dry in the wettest conditions, to UPF sun protection apparel that keeps you cool and your skin protected on the hottest days. And for those cool and blustery days, our soft shell gear will keep you warm and comfortable with a combination of premium fleece and a windproof and weather-resistant outer layer. You can't choose the weather, but you can choose how to dress for it. Choose Blackfish Gear. Learn more at blackfishgear.com. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the ruffed grouse and American woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN. RGS. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. 
Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Lawrence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. If your rifle, shotgun, handgun, or muzzleloader needs work this season, call Roger Williams at Northern Magnetic, LLC. A licensed professional gunsmith for over 35 years, Roger can repair, customize, rebarrel, install sights and scope mounts, and more on all firearms, makes, and models. When you need a professional gunsmith, call Roger at 262-339-1798 or visit FixGuns.com. That's 262-339-1798 or FixGuns.com. Flow has been making world-class aluminum trailers for 38 years, and the all-new Versamax UT is a giant leap forward in utility trailer technology. Whether you're working on projects or planning a trip, a Flow UT trailer will serve you like no other. And Flow technology eliminates the rattling and banging you get when towing most utility trailers. Whether you're buying for the first time or looking to make an upgrade, see for yourself what sets us apart at floeintl.com. The Versamax UT, another game changer from Flow. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. Dan Small here, and joining us now for a look at fishing action in central Wisconsin, and specifically on the Wisconsin River, is Phil Schweik of Hooksetters Guide Service. His website is hooksetters.biz, biz, and you can find him on Facebook. Uh, just uh, Google his name, Phil Schweik, and it's spelled S-C-H-W-E-I-K. Well, Phil, thanks for joining us. Oh, you're welcome, Dan. It's good to hear from you. Yeah, we we talk, uh, you know, once or twice a year, but it's been a while. So how's the fishing now uh, on the Wisconsin River? That's open year-round, isn't it? You know, it, it is open year-round, and, and it's been a different year. Things warmed up early this year. The walleye spawned early this year, and uh, and things are, are a little different with the weather temperatures up and down, very erratic, but the fishing's been good. Right now we're getting post-spawn walleyes. Most of them are in a lot of the shallow backwater areas off the main river channel itself for the keeper-sized fish, you know, those fish that are 15 to 20 inches. And on the Wisconsin River, you can keep fish from 15 to 20 inches, and then 20 to 28 generally have to go back. Uh But those larger fish we're finding in, you know, honestly, two to four feet of water out of the main current, and they're just resting from, from the rigors of the spawn. If you, uh, you get out on the main river channel and, and you're going to get a lot of those smaller 12 to 14 inch males, you'll find those in the deeper holes, 12 to 14 feet of water. And you may pick up a straggler legal fish, but most of those legal walleyes right now are in the backwater areas out of the main channel. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, time of day make any difference? Um, you know, to be honest with you, the afternoons have been better. Uh huh. But the water temperature's pretty, pretty cold yet. Well, Today I was out, and they're actually warming up. We're getting up close to 60 degrees now, so they're, they're starting to warm up. But, you know, for the last two weeks, afternoons have definitely been much better. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, uh, I noticed on, I think it was on your Facebook page, a picture of you with a muskie on May 1. That was opening day in southern Wisconsin. Was that a Wisconsin River fish, or were you somewhere that else? That was. That was actually a Wisconsin River fish. I was down by Wisconsin Rapids fishing an area of the river, and uh, we did pick up one muskie. Was that uh, a fluke? Were you after uh, walleyes, or did you target muskies? I was not targeting muskies. I was actually walleye fishing, and the muskie grabbed the jig and minnow. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, that happens. Um, it surprises a lot of walleye anglers. You know, they're using six- or eight-pound tests and a jig and minnow, and all of a sudden, boom, this is not a walleye. Right, I and mean, most of the time you're... You're getting bit off, and, and today I got bit off twice. Oh, wow. Um, mm. But every once in a while, you get lucky, and you coax them into the net, and uh, and you end up catching a nice fish like that. It happens. Yeah, cool. Well, now, you, you've you been having some luck with the turkeys this year as well, or at least your family has. I saw a picture of your daughter and son-in-law with their first birds. Yeah, it's been a, been a very uh, successful season. We've been very blessed by being able to have really good areas to hunt 
and there's been a lot of turkey action this year. Uh, a lot of toms, and they're gobbling, and they're moving, and coming into the calls. It's it's been very good. It's been very good. Well, both you of their season um, for both the kids. It was their first season turkey hunting, so uh-huh. it was kind of kind of nice for both of them to get a turkey. Now they're adults, and and yet uh, your daughter never hunted turkeys before. You know, it's funny. She's never really shown any interest in actually hunting herself. Yeah. She's gone with me hunting in the past. Yeah. But now she's married and, and, and a lot older. And last fall she came to me and she said, oh, Dad, I'd like to, like to start hunting. And I think Aaron would like to start hunting too. And he's never hunted before. So I, I talked to him. I said, well, you know, you have your hunter shapey. Let's get him his, get him through that. And then we'll start practicing shooting. And we did that. We, we, um, he got his hunter safety and we practiced shooting the shotguns and the 20 gauge and the 12 gauge and went to the range a few times to get him comfortable with the guns and how to use them. You know, obviously going to hunter safety is a first step, but actually hands on, you know, using a weapon is, is another story. Oh, yeah. So we did a lot of that and got them both comfortable with using a firearm. And then I took Aaron out first when I had my tag. So he got to go along on the hunt. And actually witness, you know, me calling in a turkey. And actually we had three toms that came in uh-huh. and, uh, and picking one and, and shooting it. So he got to see firsthand how it was done. And then, um, this past weekend, I took them both out individually and they got their birds. Wow. Wow. Now you're hunting zone three. Is that right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, what I've heard from, uh, people, and this is just, you know, uh, hunters anecdotally reporting, but you've got a lot of birds in zone three. And I, I, I live in zone one and hunt zone one. Not, I haven't been out yet. I'm planning to hunt uh, fourth season, but I'm not seeing the birds here that we used to 20 years ago. Really? <clears throat> yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is, but uh, you've got you know, good numbers of birds. We do. You know, and, you know, I think they brought them into this area back in the eighties because yeah. I remember even back when I was younger, we didn't have any turkeys at all. And they've really taken off in this area. Yeah. There's a lot of birds. There's a lot of birds. And you, you can tell just by sitting in this, in the blind in the morning, just listening to them gobbling in the trees. Yeah. Um, there's no shortage. That's for sure. Excellent. Well, now folks want to, are you guiding turkey hunters as well? I know you guide bear hunters. Yes, we do. We do. We take a few turkey hunters every year. Yes, and you're correct about the bear hunting. And, um, in addition to fishing open water and ice fishing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any openings for turkey if people want to hunt late season? I am, I am done with turkey hunting for the year. Okay. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> it's funny, but with the crappie starting to spawn and, uh, we're still getting some nice walleyes. I'm really booked up with fishing trips. Yeah. Well, good. Well, <laughs> excuse me. If people want to try to book an open date, uh, what's the best way? Uh, Facebook or, or your website? Um, they can call me on the phone, 715-693-5843. That's my home phone number. Or they can, you know, go on Facebook and, and send me a message on Messenger. That's fine too. Okay. Well, Phil, um, Thank you so much for taking time out of your really busy schedule to uh, talk to us, and uh, good luck with the fish, um, you know, the crappies and the, the walleyes and the muskies. I mean, uh, you got your hands full there on the Wisconsin River, I know, and it's a great fishery, and I appreciate the report. Thanks, Dan. It's nice talking with you. You bet. Phil Schweik of Hooksetter's Guide Service, as he mentioned, uh, you can call him, uh, if I got the number right, 715 693 5813? 5843. 43. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And uh, you can find him on Facebook at Phil Schweik, S-C-H-W-E-I-K. And his website is hooksetters.biz. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small, and joining me now, 
once again is my son Jonathan. John, uh, good to talk to you again. Yeah, good to be back. Well, I tell you what, uh, we've been doing quite a bit here. Uh, uh, you came down for a visit, and we get out uh, one day after turkeys. Had a little action, but no luck. Yeah, but it, it was just—it was great to be out sitting under a tree. Uh, the weather was really perfect. Nice, cool morning for a start, you know, so we can gear up, get fully camoed, and sit comfortably. Yep, yep. We saw we saw one hen uh, after we came back from uh, breakfast at Borgens, and uh, heard two gobblers early. But boy, they just they only gobbled a couple times and just weren't cooperating. Well, and the, the land around here, they just have so many options and so many places to go. Um, and as you know, as they say, you know, turkey's got nowhere to be and all day to get there. Yeah, so. boy, that is so doggone true. But you got another shot at turkeys coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Blackhawk Lake. I'm going down there for a cast and blast, and uh, hopefully we'll be hunting with a guide. Um, looking forward to, yeah, seeing what somebody can call in. Yeah. Well, somebody tried this week, and, uh, you know, boy, I gave it my best shot, but that's the way it goes. And the Cast and Blast, for people who don't know, is uh, an invitational event sponsored by the Association of Great Lakes Outdoor Writers, and John and I are both members, so I've done a couple of them. I think this is going to be your first one. It is, yeah. Uh, I tagged along for one a few years ago, but uh, I don't think I went hunting, and yeah, so I'm looking forward to actually getting to sit with the guide and do the whole event. Yeah, well, uh, and I'm sure we'll report on that, uh, regardless of your level of success. But you have been successful uh, kayaking. You've been out a couple more times, two or three more times since we talked last. Yeah, I think probably three times since we last talked. We've been uh, picking and choosing the, the nice days up on the lake, up on Lake Superior. And we've had a few, you know, high 60s and one even in the 70s. So we've been we've been taking advantage and getting out into the Apostle Islands. Yeah, and so where have you gone? Uh, so we we're kind of making a little. It started informally, and I think it's going to get formalized. I think we're going to try and hit every island this summer. Uh, we already have three under our belt. So we we've beached and had lunch on Long Island, uh, York Island, and Raspberry Island. And now these are all kind of low hanging fruit. Um, you know, they're, they're just short, you know, maybe a mile or so, uh, crossings from the mainland. But, um, you know, we might as well take the easy ones, kind of warm up and get ready for some of the harder trips that are going to take probably camping, uh-huh. uh, to accomplish. Yeah. But even a mile on Lake Superior is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. No question. No question. We just, the other day, we, uh, we zipped over to Raspberry Island with no effort and the wind changed as soon as we got there. And, uh, you know, it was a good thing we were warmed up because we really had to work to get back. Uh, the waves picked up and just direct wind in our face. Um, the water is, you know, right around 40 degrees, so <laughs> you don't want to go over. No. No, certainly, and you don't want to go over a mile from shore if you if, if, if that's where you happen to be. But you, you dress for it. Yeah, yeah, we, you know, we dress, as they say, you dress for the water. Mm. And so we, we are all wearing dry suits, which, you know, have, uh, latex gaskets, uh, around your wrist and neck and are otherwise, uh, you know, Gore-Tex breathable, um, full body suit with booties. So, uh, they, they contain air. Um, you have to actually pull the neck out to burp it, uh-huh. uh, when you're getting ready to put your other gear on. And uh, under that, we, you know, wear long johns and usually another layer, uh, depending on the temperature. Yeah, okay. And you're always with somebody else when you go out. We are, yeah. Uh, we haven't gone on any solos. Um, you know, we, we usually are going with, you know, locals from the area who have been doing this for years. And, you know, we're kind of part of an informal group. Uh, we send out text messages, you know, okay, we're going from, you know, Little Sand Bay at 4 p.m., uh, you know, or whatever, whatever time we pick. Uh, you know, so other people are in the know. Uh, we don't necessarily register a float plan with anyone, but, you know, it, it's, you know, there's maybe a dozen people in the group. Yeah. Um, so if, if we're not around, they'll, they'll know to look. Yeah, good idea. Um, now, you said the the wind changed and, uh, and you had more waves to deal with. Um, how important is paddle selection when you're, facing a big water like this you're you guys are sea kayakers uh uh and sea is a kind of a 
you know, generic term meaning big water, I guess. Yeah, I think, you know, the sea kayak mostly, uh, yeah, it's, it's big water and it's the boat, you know, and the sea kayaks are generally like 15 feet and longer. Um, so they're, they're a long, narrow, um, boat pretty much designed for touring. They're not as agile, uh, as a river boat by any means. And, uh, they, I think as a generalization, a sea kayak is going to have what's called a spray deck, which is a, you know, it's like a neoprene covering that keeps the water out of the cockpit where you sit. So it basically connects to the boat and allows water to pass over instead of falling in, um, which also keeps you in the boat uh, if you do capsize. So uh-huh. it's, a, it's a complication, but it's it definitely worth it. Yeah. And uh, paddles for this kind of uh, touring? Yeah. So there's, you know, we, I, I use a, what's called a high angle um, blade, high angle paddle. It's, it's a, I have a carbon fiber shaft uh, it's a bent shaft which is like ergonomically bent so uh, it's less strain on your wrist when, when you're paddling for a while um, there's a there's a variety of paddles the the high angle like I have has kind of a wider fatter short blade and it's it's designed for more of a power you know like a quick powerful stroke uh, a lot of people on sea kayaks use what what's called a touring plat paddle or a touring blade um, and it's longer, a little more narrow, and the angle of your paddle when you're paddling is going to be less steep. And they're more designed for, you know, an all-day kind of uh, kind of a grind, if you will, just mm-hmm. keep paddling, you know, but not really digging in and trying to turn. And then, uh, our, you know, our friend that we went with had a Greenland paddle, which is, uh, is basically a cedar um, log that's been shaped into... Uh, I just kind of picture a two by four that's kind of been whittled down on the ends and rounded in the middle. Um, and they're super light. Um, they don't look like much, but they do have the same surface area as the other paddles. Uh, it's just more distributed down the length of the blade. And those are great because they cut through the wind like nothing. You know, if you have a heavy wind and you have a high, like a fat, uh, high angle blade like I do, um, a gust of wind can catch it and, and you know, just make it harder to paddle, kind of throw your stroke off. Um, the touring and then especially the Greenland are, are just more uh, wind friendly. Sure. We'll cut right through. Sure. Yeah. Do you uh, feather your paddle uh, to, to, you know, to cut the, uh, the good wind? Good question. I do not, but a lot of, a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, you know, a couple different schools of thought on that. I've never really found that it made that much difference. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it was funny when I played kayak polo uh they feathered their paddles 90 degrees Uh and the reason they did that was it made it easier to block shots and passes um so they had they would basically lock the blade against their elbow uh, of the the hand that's down towards the boat and then lift the other and it would give a nice flat blocking surface Uh so yeah there's many reasons to feather your paddle but um Wind is one of them, and uh, you know I've heard that it helps. Uh, I haven't seen the difference. Yeah, and and for folks who don't know what we're talking about, what is feathering? So uh, typically, your your paddle, like a standard paddle you just buy, will be the, the both blades. It's a, it's a double bladed paddle, so there's a blade on either end. Uh, will be will be a flat plane, and in the middle of the shaft, they usually have a button where you can release the shaft and twist it any amount of degrees. I think, you know, five degrees is the minimum where you can make the twist. And what it does is it offsets uh, one blade or the other in a direction um, on that axis that, you know, it allows the wind to pass over. It may, you may have a paddling stroke that, you know, um, it cuts into the water easier if you, if you open up the face of the paddle by 10 degrees. Um, so that's another reason why someone would feather the blade. Mm-hmm. Do you carry a, a spare paddle or a, a, a second choice for a Yeah, different... we, you know, we, when we go out, um, there's usually, there's always one spare and usually two, mm-hmm. um, between, between like the three of us. And then if we have more people, then it's beyond that. But you really shouldn't go out without a spare paddle. Um, you know, whether yourself or you're by yourself or with a pair of people, because they, they are not tethered. Um, and they do float and they do drift away. Yeah. And if, you know, if you for any reason lose it, um, 
that's a long way back, you know. Yeah. We also carry, we carry tow belts, so it wouldn't be the end of the world, and, but uh, it's hard work. Yeah. Okay. Well, John, I'm going to let you go, and uh, okay. we'll um, we'll we'll follow up with you after your cast and blast experience, and of course, we want to hear more about your kayak paddling on Lake Superior and, and any other waters you hit this summer. So, thanks a lot for sharing. Yeah. Thank you. We've informally decided to call it uh, 22 by 2022. Ah, great idea. For yeah. All 22 Apostle Islands. All 22 Apostle Islands by 2022. Well, you got your work cut out, so uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll keep track of it. <laughs> All, right. All right. Sounds good. You bet. Uh, my son, Jonathan Small, with a report from uh, his Lake Superior kayaking experiences and also a little recap of our turkey hunt from this past week. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Hi, I'm Steve Fadaz. I make my living on the water and rely on solid information to stay on good bites. That's why I'm excited that the folks at Outdoor News have launched a great new website, fisherreports.outdoornews.com, where you can read the best, most thorough fishing reports available on your phone, tablet, or laptop. Pricing is just $5 a month. There's a special introductory rate of $24 annually. That's only 2 bucks a month. That all-access rate gives you reports from eight Midwest and Great Lakes states, from Minnesota all the way to New York, with more to come. The responsive website is mobile-friendly and accessible anywhere you receive cellular or Wi-Fi data. An added benefit of the service is that subscribers receive special early access to the Outdoor News reports. Other exclusive website features include gear reviews, tackle and technique tips, and up-to-date videos. Top fishing reports for less than a bucket of minnows. Check out this great new website, fishingreports.outdoornews.com, and get on the top bites in your area. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. As Remy Battery enters the 90th anniversary of our company, we want to thank all of our customers and friends we've made over the years. We can't even begin to imagine how many batteries we've put into our community's cars, boats, campers, ATVs, businesses, and homes over the past nine decades. We want to thank you for your continued support to our local, family-owned company. As we continue to power through winter, we can't wait to see you soon to prep your boats, motorcycles, and all of your summer toys. We have batteries from the largest military crafts to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Don't forget to ask your sales representative about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. If you're ever in a car or motorcycle accident and need legal help, call Hupie and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal, year after year. The firm of Hupie and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. Call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best, Hupie and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit hupie.com. And by the way... All 11 offices of Hupie and Abraham are open for business if you need their help. Well, joining us now is John Stelflu. He is um, the... John, is it president or... Uh, uh, the state chapter leader, Dan. I'm the state chapter, chapter leader. leader. Okay, yep. he is the state chapter leader of a relatively new organization called the Hunting Collective, and we're going to learn about that in just a second here. Well, John, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Dan. I'm happy to be here. I've, I've uh, young man growing up in the outdoors. I've watched your stuff for years, so I'm honored to be here. So well, it, it's good to have you on the show. And you know, before when we were setting this up, you and I spoke about the Hunting Collective. And for listeners who haven't heard of it, or who maybe heard of a podcast by that name, tell us what the the new version of the of the Hunting Collective is all about. 
So what what happened is the Honey Collective is a podcast, and it's a, it's an interesting podcast. It it kind of strays away from the normal hunting stuff. It doesn't talk about you know rut tactics. It doesn't talk about turkey hunting, but it, it challenges your beliefs. And and the host, his name is Ben O'Brien. And, and he has anti-hunters on there. He has non-hunters on there. And, and it's, it's a very challenging podcast to listen to as an outdoorsman. Um, heavy, heavy into conservation, talk a lot about conservation. And, and, and what happened was the, there was a, a hunter who emailed and he, and that hunter needed a mentor. And I forget what part of the nation he was in. This is a nationwide podcast. And, he said on the podcast, he said, well, if anyone of you out there want to, you know, mentor this guy, you know, he's, he, he, here's his contact information. Well, lo and behold, a mentored hunt took place because of this podcast. Uh-huh. And, you know, we talked about it, you know, the following week and, and he said, oh, he, he kind of joked. He said, we have our first chapter. Well, then those of us who listen to the podcast for a long time, were kind of rolled in and, and said, listen, I, we think that's a great idea. And suddenly this thing started to get legs and some Facebook pages started to pop up and, you know, Ben was almost forced to, to have to, to do something with this thing, you know? Yeah. And, and I used, I used forced, I use that term lightly. Sure. But, uh, you know, suddenly this, this whole thing started, you know, and, and now we have chapters in, I think, 38 states, Dan, I think three different countries. And, and the whole goal is to get um, new hunters and new outdoorsmen into the outdoors because there's really not a place for people to do that. And, you know, there's, there's sure in the industry, you probably know this, Dan, they call them the one and done hunts. Yeah. You know, where, you know, and, and, you know, that's a lot of the youth, youth type of stuff. But what we're looking at is, is more of the folks that, you know, the, the, the term is in the industry is called adult onset hunters. Right. And those are kind of the folks that we're looking at getting, getting into the outdoors. And so this is a place, just a Facebook place for people to, to find us. And it doesn't matter where you are in the, in the, in the country. If you just simply search Facebook, you're going to find one of these chapters. And, and if you're a mentor or a mentee, you're likely going to be able to connect with someone and, and, uh, and, and get out in the woods, whether it's turkey hunting, deer hunting, whatever. I mean, it's just, and, and how this thing has grown is just, it's been amazing how this thing has grown. Uh huh. Well, now, um, you are fully aware, and uh, a lot of our listeners are, although maybe not all of them, of the DNR's, uh, and, and the nationwide R3 program, uh, recruit, retain, and, and re- reactivate. Uh, we have, uh, mentored hunts. The DNR coordinates. We have the learn to hunt program. Um, isn't that enough or, you know, uh, what are you guys doing if they're not? So I think what we're doing is we have a larger social media presence. And, and what we, are, what we discovered is the, the millennials are very big on social media. Right. And, and, and I don't like to label people and put people in boxes, okay? But really, I'm like one of the old guys in this thing. Mm-hmm. But, but mm-hmm. What we, the, how this thing has grown is unreal. And, and so we wanted this out on social media for folks to just be able to click on their phone because that's how these people, how that, that's how some of our younger folks they, they kind of live their lives on the phone. Yeah. And this is something they can find on their phone and they can connect with people and, and we, we can get folks, we can get folks together. So it's not that the R3 program in our state is doing anything wrong. This is just kind of a, a booster of the R3 program. Uh-huh. That's really all it is. <clears throat> okay. So, so how does it work? People, um, is this like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll use the, uh, analogy of, uh, Online dating site. I mean, people pair off, uh, find find a mentor. Or... It's yeah. It's it's funny you said that because amongst us leaders, we've actually talked about that. Yeah. So what happens is you, you whatever state you're in, you, you Google, and I'm looking at our Wisconsin page right now, and it's written out the Hunting Collective semicolon Wisconsin chapter, and all of our chapters are the are the same way. Mm-hmm. So whatever state you're in, you can you can find the chapter. And there's a few, there, it's, it's a private group. You have to ask, you have to answer a few questions 
and it's the, the questions are all the same, whatever chapter it is in the nation. And, and Ben, who, who has the Honey Collective podcast, he's the one that, that wrote the questions. And it's, there's just some conservation questions. And, you know, we, we live by the North American, I guess live is the wrong word, but we focus on the North American wildlife model. Sure. And, uh, and, and there, there's just a few questions. If you, you know, you answer yes to those questions, the admins get, get sent a message and, and then we let you in the group. Okay. And I mean, our Wisconsin chapter, we're up over 200, well, just at, just under 200 people uh-huh. right now. Okay. And, and this thing, Dan, this didn't start until I think the third week of March. Wow. Yeah. And nationwide, we are up over 3,500 members nationwide. Uh huh. So, so this, this is a grassroots effort that is really growing. That's fantastic. What is the website? It's, well, it's, 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 so I, I have my computer open right now and it's just on Facebook. So if you go to Facebook, okay. Facebook.com and if you search the Hunting Collective Wisconsin, uh-huh. you'll find it. Okay. Yep, the, the Hunting Collective Wisconsin. So it's, it's, and that's the other thing we did is we didn't do a, we'll, there's changes in the work stand, but we wanted to keep just a Facebook social media presence because listen, Facebook is huge, right? Yeah. And, and, and so we're, we're just on, we're on Facebook right now. We're, we're toying around with Instagram and YouTube and things like that. But you know, this, this thing grew so fast for us that, that, uh, you know, right, right. It's just, we don't know where we're going to go with it, but you, you know, right now it's just, it's just on Facebook. So, okay. so yeah, it's just Facebook. Okay. It's called a group. Yep. Facebook group. Well, so. you, you say you don't know where you're going to go with it, but what, uh, what is your aspiration? Uh, if you look down the road, uh, at six months or a year. So we're already, we're, growth really isn't our aspiration. Dan. we got 3,500, we got 3,500 members already, right? Mm-hmm. So what we need to do, and this thing happened so quick, we need to organize, um, which we're working on. And, and ultimately what we want to do is just continue to get new people into the outdoors. Uh-huh. That's, that's our goal. Yep. I mean, that's, it's really simple and, and have a place where you don't have to pay a membership. You don't have to join a club. You know, you don't, you don't have to do anything like that where you can just get on a page, click join. And you should be able to get out and go hunting. You know, that's, that's, that's our goal. Fantastic. You know? Fantastic. Okay. Well, John, uh, we're, we're going to let you go, but, um, we will send folks to your Facebook page, uh, The Hunting Collective Wisconsin and, yep. uh, uh, Wisconsin Chapter. In fact, it says uh, The Hunting Collective colon Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Chapter. Correct. Yep. And, um, you'll see how, um, how it works there, folks. And, uh, if you have any questions, uh, John is, are you the admin? Are you, or, or yeah, that? yeah, I'm the chapter leader along with a gentleman by the name of Mike Peterson. We okay. Go, we, we call chapter. So yeah. if you have questions, so, uh, uh, folks, uh, uh, John or Mike will answer them, uh, and, absolutely. uh, and you can get involved and maybe even go turkey hunting, uh, during one of the late periods. Uh, yep. And you do fishing as well, right? I mean, you're we open to that. Or, yep, we do fishing as well. We're talking about doing some spring deer scouting things, and you know, and and I guess one thing, real quick, Dan, before we go, I hope I don't go too long. But oh, it's all right. What, one of the things that we all talked about is, and this is what we see is, myself grew up in Wisconsin, had tons of mentors. My father was a mentor. Yep. Um, to me, my grandpa was a mentor. I had an uncle who taught me how to fish. What we have found is there's not a lot of folks who have that, and that's really what we want to be, is we want a place where folks who don't know how to break down the hunting barrier, where they they don't know where to go, this is a place for those folks to go. Okay. And, you know, that's that's really important to me. All right. Excellent. Well, John, thank you so much. Good luck with it. You're growing fast, and uh, I'm sure it'll continue to grow, and we'll send listeners there, and... uh uh, and maybe more will help get more people into the outdoors. Well, thank you, sir. Honored to be here, Dan. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. John Stelflew is the Wisconsin chapter leader of the Hunting Collective. As we've been saying, if you go to Facebook and uh, type in the Hunting Collective colon Wisconsin chapter, you will see you'll see all about it there. And, exactly. And uh, 
Folks, if you're ever in a car or motorcycle accident and need help, call Hupe and Abraham. They're named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients, so call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best. Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit hupy.com. And all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham in Wisconsin, Illinois, and Iowa are open for business if you need their, uh, their help. I'm Dan Small, more Outdoors Radio, right after this. Blackfish Gear has the apparel you need for all of your outdoor adventures. From rain gear with industry-leading fabric technology to ensure you stay dry in the wettest conditions, to UPF sun protection apparel that keeps you cool and your skin protected on the hottest days. And for those cool and blustery days, our soft shell gear will keep you warm and comfortable with the combination of premium fleece and a windproof and weather-resistant outer layer. You can't choose the weather, but you can choose how to dress for it. Choose Blackfish Gear. Learn more at blackfishgear.com. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Lawrence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Flow has been making world-class aluminum trailers for 38 years, and the all-new Versamax UT is a giant leap forward in utility trailer technology. Whether you're working on projects or planning a trip, a Flow UT trailer will serve you like no other. And Flow technology eliminates the rattling and banging you get when towing most utility trailers. Whether you're buying for the first time or looking to make an upgrade, see for yourself what sets us apart at floeintl.com. The Versamax UT, another game changer from Flow. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RGS. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Outdoors Radio is brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. And Cedar Lake Sales is open for business. Check out their website or Facebook page for updates and details and they do have your new and used boats in stock. Get you ready. Get yourself ready for summer. Absolutely. And if you happen to miss an episode of Outdoor Wisconsin, you can watch several years' worth of shows at milwaukeepbs.org. And Deer Hunt Wisconsin 2020, our deer show from last fall, is on our Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. Uh, if you can't find that, just do a search for Deer Hunt Wisconsin TV show or something like that. You'll find it. And then our radio show, the one you hear right now, and you can hear it across the state of Wisconsin. You can take it with you wherever you go by downloading it on our podcast, uh, as a podcast, rather. Uh, or you can go to uh, a lake-link.com, and uh, you can find our show there 24-7. That's right. And uh, Jeff and I are all over social media. Jeff's um, findable at Hardwater Jeff and me at Dan Small Outdoors. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes at warrennelson.com. And he's even got a CD with uh, our two theme songs and some other really funny. It's a 12-pack of fishing songs, so you get the drift. Well, I'm Dan Small here with Jeff Kelm. Get outside this weekend, um, weekend and all next week if you have a chance. And join us again next week for more Outdoors Radio. You've been listening to Outdoors Radio. 
your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Find more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Brought to you by Lake Link, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. It's a little chilly on the gunnel when my lazy Ike is just too lazy to lure. When the worms go dry in the coffee can, honey. <laughs> 